Exodus chapter 8. So the Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. Now, this is the fourth demand. And if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all your borders with frogs. Verses 1 and 2. Now, of course, the Egyptians worshipped the snakes. And thus, when his rod turned into a serpent, they couldn't kill it because they worshipped snakes. They also worshipped the Nile River as one of their gods because of its life-sustaining forces. When it turned to blood, God is really striking out in another one of their gods. But another thing that they worshipped were frogs. And they couldn't kill them because they were held to be sacred. So you like frogs? You want to worship frogs? All right, we'll give you frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into your houses and into your bedchambers, in your bedrooms and upon your bed and into the house of your servants and upon the people and into your ovens and into your kneading troughs. And the frogs shall come up both on you and upon your people and upon all your servants. And the Lord spoke to Moses, say to Aaron, Stretch forth your hand with your rod over all the streams, over all the rivers, and over all the ponds, and cause frogs to come upon the land of Egypt. Verses 3 through 6. So in all the ponds, rivers and all, just invade the land at the drawing and the impulses that God sent out to them. Now, God's control over nature is, to me, always a very interesting thing to observe. Nature itself is absolutely fascinating. So many imponderables of nature. I just love to study the capacities of God's little created beings, like the homing instinct that is built into birds. And they really don't know exactly how they're able to fly thousands of miles over oceans and all. They feel that they maybe they are able to tune in on the magnetic forces for the guidance system. They really don't know exactly how they can navigate so accurately. And the little golden plover, it, spend its win it spends its winters in Hawaii and its summers in Alaska. Now, that's not so dumb. It goes up to Alaska in the spring to have its young. Then in the fall, before the big storm, it takes off and flies back to Hawaii, several thousand miles nonstop, losing about a quarter of its weight in flight. Eats a lot of its food before it goes, goes stores it up, and then takes off. How can it find the Hawaiian Islands? That's a little dot out in the Pacific. That's an amazing thing. Now, you can't say, well, it just remembered the way it came because you don't really have any real things to watch. But the inter interesting thing is that come fall, the parents take off and fly back to Hawaii until the little ones are big enough to fly that far. But in a couple of weeks, as they store up their food and get a lot of exercise, Two weeks after the parents have left, the kids take off and they fly directly to Hawaii. And they've never been there before. Now, tell me how. So God has homing instincts that he puts in animals. And he has something in a frog. He called all the frogs out of the rivers. Ladies kneading their dough and frogs jumping in, getting folded in. They can't kill them. They're little gods. And Aaron stretched out his hand over Egypt, and the frogs came out, and they covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so. 
about then I'd have killed them with their enchantments, and they brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord. Who is the Lord? I don't know him. Now Pharaoh's changing his tune a little bit. Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go, and they may do, and they may do their sacrifices to the Lord. And Moses said to Pharaoh, Glory over me, when shall I entreat for you? In other words, you tell me when you want the frogs gone, so that when they're gone, at that time, you will know that God did it. You won't just say, oh, well, they decided to go back to the river. You tell me when you want them gone, and I will entreat for you and for your servants and for your people, and I will destroy the frogs from you and from your houses, that they remain in the river only. And notice what he said, I will destroy the frogs. And Pharaoh said, tomorrow. So he said, all right, be it according to your word that you may know that there, who is Jehovah? That you may know that there is none like Jehovah, our God. And the frogs shall depart from you and from your houses and from your servants and from your people, and they shall remain in the river only. And Moses and Aaron went out from the Pharaoh, and Moses cried to the Lord because of the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and the frogs died out of the houses. Now he didn't send them back to the river. He just let them die out of the villages and out of the fields. And they gathered them together in heaps, and the land stank. Verses 7 through 14. <laughs> stinking gods. God just is really rubbing their noses in their gods. I mean, seriously. Just saying, you want to serve these gods? You don't know who I am? Well, here you are. So when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened. Now the word completely different, kabeb. He stiffened or heavied his heart against God and hearkened not. Heavied is the literal translation and hearkened not to them as the Lord had said. The Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your rod. Now, he didn't go to Pharaoh this time. He's just going to bring one on him without any warning. So he said to Aaron, stretch out your rod and smite the dust of the land that it might become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. Verses 15 and 16. Now, it's either lice or mosquitoes. We don't seem to know which. It's a word that's only used twice. In Psalms, this plague is referred to. So there are some in the translation of the Greek in the Septuagint. Seems to be the mosquitoes. Really doesn't make any difference, though. One way or the other, it would be miserable. And they did so. For Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in men and in beasts, and all the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice. But they couldn't, verses 17 and 18. So here the magicians came to an end. They weren't able to duplicate this. Now, in this, there's sort of a creation of life. This was their limit. They could draw frogs out of the water. They could change the water to blood. They could make serpents out of rods. But at this point, they can't follow it any further. Their powers have been more than matched by now. So the magician said to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not to them, as, as the Lord had said. But God said to Mo, the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he is coming forth to the water and say to him, 
Thus saith the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. So the next demand, actually it's the fifth demand that was made upon the Pharaoh. Else if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon you and upon your servants and upon your people and your houses and the houses of the Egyptians. They'll be full of the swarms and also the ground where they are. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen. Verses 19 through 22. In other words, from this point on, God is going to make a distinction between the Egyptians and the children of Israel. The plagues are going to come upon the Egyptians, but the children of Israel are going to be spared. So God is going to make a division now. That no swarms of flies shall be there, to the end that you may know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Verse 22. Again, who is the Lord? I don't know the Lord, the Pharaoh's remark. So God says, all right, that you might know who I am. And God is introducing himself to Pharaoh. And I will put a division between your people and my people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. And the Lord did so. And there came a grievous swarm into the houses of Pharaoh and into his servants' houses and into the land of Egypt. And the land was corrupted by reason of the swarm of flies. And Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron, and he said, go sacrifice to your God in the land. And Moses said, it's not meat so to do, or it isn't right to do this, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, shall we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, and will they not stone us? We will go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Exodus 8, 23 through 27. So here the Pharaoh now is offering the first of the compromises. It's interesting to me that Satan so often offers us compromises. When you've determined to commit your life to Jesus Christ and Satan sees that that's what you've determined to do, then he begins his compromising. Okay, if you're going to have to make a nut of yourself, but don't get really religious. You know, don't go too far. Oh, yeah? Go, but don't get involved too deeply. You don't want to become a religious nut. So, yeah, go to church, you know, once a week, once every other week. Don't get carried away with this thing. Satan offers the compromise. As Satan said, hey, go, but sacrifice the land. Don't go very far. Stay in the land. Now Moses knew that if they sacrificed in the land because the Egyptians worshipped the animals, for them to kill the animals would cause the ire of the Egyptians to be lifted against them, and they would have stoned them. Because the sacrifice, sacrifices to God were going to involve the sacrificing of animals. Now Moses wisely said, no way, we need to go three days journey out of the land, lest the Egyptians see us sacrificing and will stone us. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go, that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness, only you shall not go very far away. Now ask God to get rid of these flies. Verse 28. So the second compromise. First of all, go in the land. Now don't go very far. And Moses said, I will go out from you, and I will pray to the Lord that the swarms may depart from Pharaoh and from his servants and from his people tomorrow. But let not Pharaoh deal deceitfully any more with not letting the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. And Moses went out from the Pharaoh, and he entreated the Lord. 
And the Lord did according to the word of Moses, and he removed the swarms from the Pharaoh, and from his servants, and from his people. And there remained not one. But Pharaoh hardened Kabeb, his heart, at this time also. Neither would he let the people go. Verse 29 through 32. 